3: Welcome in to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and RTV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family owned full service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuynik Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here on this Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Wow, it's almost December, guys
4: yeah i believe rob said uh this morning it's day 333 of the year
3: that's crazy to think that this year's almost over i don't i don't it's just weird to think to me that the year's almost over uh we had monday night mayhem action live from the neon moon tavern i uh, got to kind of meet and uh not meet but kind of meet more of ej morgan last night uh along with tyson Bajan as we do every week but uh You know, he had an interesting way to get to Shepard and to playing this year and in making the impact that he's had the last few weeks.
4: Yeah, it was fun to just hear about his story, and it's been fun all season long to hear about uh, just the life that the guys had, learn more about them as a person rather than just a football player, seeing them week in and week out on the field, putting in the work daily on practice, and then executing it tremendously so far this year for Shepard. On the field, but didn't know about how Shepard was originally recruiting him. But due to his SAT scores, he said he was unable to go, which is why he had to go to the Juco way at first, then went to JMU for a year, got hurt, and then, due to that, kind of didn't really get any playing time after that. So he came back, and Shepard again was interested in him. And it's been that way since.
3: Yeah, it was pretty cool that, you know, once he said that he saw that Shepard was interested, he didn't really want to go anywhere else. He wanted to come here because he thought that 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 was what God meant for him. Yeah, he's made a
5: big impact. And, uh, you know, Shepard needs EJ Morgan and Rodney Dorsey, guys that weren't necessarily doing a ton for this team at the beginning of the season to step up because Ryan Beach is not 100% Marlon Cook has not recorded a catch in the
3: past two games. And Coach McCook last night kind of updated everybody on his health a little bit and said he hopes that this week he'll be able to make an impact.
5: Yeah, and hopefully because Marlon had a pretty good game against IUP uh, when they went up there earlier in the PSAC championship. But, uh, you know, Morgan and Dorsey, two similar wide receivers, guys that have transferred into Shepard, were probably recruited by Shepard coming out of high school um, have gone through injuries, have gone through a lot of different things to get on the field and make an impact this season. And, you know, they've both done that. And to have those guys, I think, that have been around college football for a while, have gone through some injuries, have been a part of Shepherd football for a while, now start to step up. Uh, one, I think, says a lot about the program that Coach McCook has, because to want to stick it out, to want to continue to play, uh, for Shepherd, for you know four, five, six years of college, I think says a lot about you know the the program that he has there. That you want to be a part of something special, and, and that's what you can do at Shepherd University. And uh, those guys have stuck around, and and now are making an impact uh, when their name's been called on. So hopefully, again, that those guys can be a little bit more healthy because the more weapons you have, obviously, gives you a better chance to win against a really solid IUP team that already beat you once and will be another tough challenge again on Saturday for the Rams and we know Dwayne Grantham's not going to be able to play in that game so
3: just talked with him last night a scary injury on Saturday's game just happy that he's okay and uh, that he'll be able to play next year because the way that he was describing that that was that was pretty scary Colin
4: yeah, and very gruesome. I don't want to yeah. go into detail because I know it's lunchtime right now.
3: Yeah, and uh you know, just glad that he is okay and everything's in one piece and that now. he's going to be ready to go <laughs> next year. Sorry, that was a bad Un- joke. Unfortunately, he probably won't be able to play the rest of the season uh due to this injury. I know he's out this week, he's out but I'd, I would assume that he couldn't even make it back for the
5: Yeah, and if they were you to know, make he's to the frustrated in it. And, yeah.
4: As he should be, but it'll give him a hopeful positive chip on his shoulder for next year.
5: It will. But not having Grantham in this game this week, you know, Shepard already struggled against the run mm-hmm. last time they played IUP, and that was with a healthy defense. So you're not going to have your inside linebacker, or one of your two
3: inside linebackers. It's going to be key for those guys up on the D line. And, yeah, uh, and they struggled last Nathan time. Nathan
5: Muley. I mean, but he had a big game last week. Can yeah. he continue that momentum this week against IUP? Uh, will be really important. You know, you're going to need that D-line because the holes for Hauser in that rushing attack was just huge last time and there was really no stopping it. If you can slow them down on the ground, Max Sexton's a good quarterback but he's not a game-changing quarterback like Tyson Bajant. So I think if you can really slow down the run game uh, you have a good chance to get the win this week. But that's really the, the key on both sides because Shepard didn't really establish a run game last time and you saw how things played out. So the running game for both teams, I think, will be the difference in the game. Whoever has more success running the football probably wins.
3: Yeah, that is definitely a big key. You want to hit on stuff that we just haven't really had to hit on since, or been able to hit on since we were out all last week except for Monday. Uh, senior offensive tackle Joey Fisher. Uh, what was that last? Uh, what was that? last Wednesday? I believe uh, was named as one of nine national finalists went the Eugene Upshaw Division II Lineman of the Year Award presented by the Manhelm Touchdown Club. Uh, the award is voted on by the nation's NCAA Division II sports information directors. Two finalists advanced from each of the four super regions, and uh, Slippery Rock's defensive end DJ Edamore. Was the other guy, and he completely shut him down on Saturday.
5: He did, yes. Yeah. And you know, Joey Fisher's been one of the most consistent players we've seen on Shepherd over the past few years, uh and a big part of that offensive line, and a big part of the offensive success, is Joey Fisher's abilities there at right tackle. So. Uh, really good leader I think that's the first thing that stands out to me about Joey Fisher if you go to practice you see especially early in the season him working with the other guys because they had a young group uh, returning you know only Adam Stilley was the only other guy that had any starts in his career so you know Fisher really helped uh, as kind of a third coach for that offensive line and then uh, just a really good player too I mean you you see his stature is obviously impressive he can You know, do a lot of good things at right tackle, gets out in space and gets downfield and makes blocks. So, um, you know, not only is he a nominee for this Gene Upshaw award, I think this performance against Slippery Rock maybe helps him uh, get that award potentially. But he's a potential prospect for the NFL because you see the size, you see how dominating he's been at this level there's a there's a chance i don't know if he would get drafted but if he goes undrafted i think he'll at least get an opportunity in a training camp to potentially prove himself and uh the he keeps putting up performances like this you know if Shepard's able to get this win against iup and then you know face some of these bigger d2 schools in the uh in the semifinals, he could if he has a really strong performance in that kind of game you could really see a nice lift in his draft stock, but just a really good player and uh, nice to see that he's being recognized with at least a nomination for this award.
3: Yeah, and uh, he also now holds an invite to the NFL PA Bowl, had prior held an invite to the the Hula Bowl, so he's now got two invites. Uh, Coach McCook last night said he's going to try and see if he can swing playing in both of those because that'd be pretty cool, uh, but one thing that he told us was that he found out it was Friday night or Saturday morning that he was invited to the NFL PA Bowl and he told coach mccook and he you know told, told his family kind of hold off until after the game and then he went out and had a dominating performance which is pretty cool just to uh, hear about that
4: yeah it just shows that not only him but we've seen this for a lot of the players on this shepherd rams team this year that they have a team first mentality and that's what you love whenever you're a coach and Coach McCook last night during Monday Night Mayhem expressed how much he appreciates the team first mentality instead of individuals really thinking about themselves first, and that was just another example of that.
3: Yeah, it was. And uh, more recognition coming out for the Shepherd team. Sent it to you guys yesterday. Saw on on uh, the social media for the Shepard Rams that Nolan's long-snapping college snapper of the year 2022 finalist, Zach Fry, the uh, transfer from Notre Dame, he's being honored as one of being one of the top, could potentially, he's a finalist for the college snapper of the year, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
5: and I mean, Coach talked about it on Monday Night Mayhem last night with you guys. Uh, the lawn snapper position, while it isn't a position that people, you know, think a ton about as being, you know, super important, it is. And Shepard struggled with its snaps last season. And they went through a number of different guys that snapped the football for them. And whether it be on punt or field goals, it was always kind of up in the air if they would get it back there and it would be a good snap. And with Zach Fry, you know, established lawn snapper, you uh, he's just brought a a brand new consistency to that position, uh, that Shepard didn't have. And it's not something that you typically, you know, think about as being something that you need to be super concerned about. But then when you don't have that guy that can consistently get it back there, it, it then becomes a huge problem for your team. And we saw special teams mistakes hurt the Rams last year due to some bad snaps. Uh, wasn't the case this season. So definitely deserving there for Zach Fry and, uh, an underrated important part of your team, you know, the long snapper.
3: Yeah, long snapper is obviously a very important part of this football team. And you saw, uh, you know, we talked to Coach McCook last night about it, how important those three field goals were uh, to the win last uh, on Saturday for them. And it all starts with the snap. It does all start with the snap. And uh, before we hit the break here, just want to get in some high schools and prep sports Uh, preseason poll, the Associated Press High School, West Virginia High School Girls Basketball Preseason Poll uh, has been released. And uh, for Quad A, it starts out the top. We'll just go through the top ten. Morgantown, Huntington, Wheeling Park, Cavill Midland, George Washington, Parkersburg, and Woodrow Wilson both tied for sixth, and the eight is Buchanan-Upshur. Nine is Jefferson, ten is Spring Mills. So, uh, you know, those two teams did make the travel down to states last uh, season, so hopefully their, their good seasons can continue to another 2023 good season. 2022-2023 good seasons, guys.
4: Yeah, basketball season's right around the corner for high school already going on for college basketball, as will have Shepherd basketball this Friday.
3: I believe it comes out because girls' basketball starts this week in the state. Yep. Because uh, it starts a week before boys' basketball. Um, let me try to see when Spring Mill's first game is. But I know that it starts because obviously it ends a week earlier. Um, I don't have the schedule right here because it wouldn't pop up right. Their first game is Saturday, December 10th as they host bridgeport that'll be a pretty big game to open the season um we'll have a nick do you have our women's or girls basketball high school schedule that we might make some tinkering add some games potentially um yeah i
5: can pull it up real quick so and it's not actually on this computer so i don't have it but yeah because we add then we add a couple games we did we have about five games or so this year we again it could kind of change depending on Weather, of course. Yeah, we we'll had that happen a few times last year, year, so we could add a few games in here. So about five regular season, and then we'll, we'll try to do the sectionals and regionals as well. But uh, just more on Spring Mills and more on Jefferson real quick. You know, Spring Mills returns a lot from last year, so does Jefferson. And if you remember, Jefferson's team had a ton of injuries in the playoffs yeah. that mm-hmm. really derailed their chances of maybe making a pretty good run, I thought. So they'll return some talent there for jefferson uh spring mills we saw them a little bit more than jefferson last year so olivia bullduke i'm excited to see what she can do as a sophomore kiana Delt, dandridge yeah dandridge Dandridge. returns uh, kyla dandridge um along with a few others there so they're a talented team and uh maya griffin returns as well corinne edsel so you know they're they're a good team to watch out for and jefferson should have a good team as well uh so I'm excited for the high school basketball
3: season for both boys and girls. Think it's going to be a great year. Yeah, and uh, we'll get you our basketball schedule dropped by the end of this week. Just trying to, you know, some teams have changed some things, and we didn't want to put out too early because then, you know, if I did, it would have nipped us in the bud because a couple. Yeah, Musselman's tip-off isn't a thing this year. Yeah, there's no Musselman tip-off tournament originally had on scheduled. the schedule. So the, the later it comes out, the better it's going to be because the more accurate that schedule will be. I know uh, our first game. Weathers. You want to
5: announce our first game? Yeah. It's going to be December 9th. It'll be Musselman taking on Greenbrier East and boys basketball.
3: There you go. We'll have a full schedule to fall. We'll have Shepherd well. men's, of course, yeah, and Yeah, Shepard men's and week. women's this Friday, and then uh, – with the football game Saturday, we can't do the other fo- the other basketball games, but we'll have uh, it's a slippery rock, right? Slippery yeah, rock, slippery rock to on, Friday, on Friday, and then they play Edinburgh on Saturday, yeah. but
5: we won't have the Edinburgh game.
3: Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll get more high school basketball stuff coming out as the seasons come to an end this week for fall sports, really and then our high school sports will begin for the winter session. Pretty soon we'll get a schedule out by the end of this week, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL, the Steelers. Get back in the wind column last night on Monday Night Football, that and more when we get back after this two-minute break. Fight up my Hi, it's Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 Spencer Dupuis. When I got into a car accident and needed to get another vehicle, I wanted to go somewhere I could trust. So I went to the Heffley Motor Company at 993 Hedgesville Road. As a first-time car buyer, I really didn't know what to expect. But at Heffley, they treated me like family. Every step in the process was seamless. Not only did they give me a great deal, but they also helped me secure an amazing interest rate. Now I know firsthand why Heffley has such a great reputation in this community. I ride with Heffley Motor Company, so you should too.
2: You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
3: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. And uh, Steelers sung for the moment last night. Uh, they got a 24-17 victory over the Colts. They were up 16-3 at halftime. Colts came back, took the lead 17-16, headed into the fourth quarter, and then a touchdown and a two-point conversion puts the score at 24-17, which was the final. Both teams have four wins on the season, except for Colts are now 4-7-1, while the Steelers are now 4-7. Um... And, you know, looking at some stats in this game, it was a basically a regular Kenny Pickett Steelers offensive game. 20 of 28, 174 yards. No touchdowns, but no picks. Um, you know, they like to do those three, four-yard routes that just – you can get a lot of completions, but not a lot of yards on those completions. Um, George Pickens had three catches, 57 yards. Don, Deontay Johnson, five catches for 49 yards. And uh, you know, looking in that running game, Najee Harris got hurt after ten carries for thirty-five yards and a score. Benny Snell came in twelve carries for sixty-two yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kenny Pickett had six carries for thirty-two yards as well, um, as, long as, as well as Anthony McFarland Jr. But uh, Steelers get the win over the Colts. Matt Ryan, twenty-two of thirty-four, one ninety-nine with a touchdown and a pick. Jonathan Taylor goes th- goes over. I, th- I thought he'd go over last night. I had 20 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown score. Michael Pittman Jr., seven catches, and a touchdown score. Uh, Jin- Janelli Woods. Jelani. Jelani Woods, eight catches, 98 yards. Didn't expect to see his name up there. Yeah, he's a rookie. Six yeah.
5: foot eight, tight end, uh, potential piece for them in the future. Replacement
3: but terms... for Mo Ali Cox. Yeah,
4: probably better than that. Also, him. Matt Alley-Cox. Ryan had four carries for 22 yards. Yeah, we saw him pick up the one first down as well on his feet. No, it's just crazy. He needed to pull out all the stops.
3: You, you said he'd have the under. Or no, he wasn't even on He that wasn't list. even on there
4: because he rarely runs. Because he rarely runs, which
3: was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah.
4: No, I, my prediction of who was going to win was right, but that is kind of where my predictions uh, came to an end, <laughs> unfortunately, because I had unders for a lot of people. I had the under on the game in what I thought it was going to be because my Didn't score prediction the over? was 1917 Wasn't the over-under was 39.5 and, and they hit it with 41 yeah so
5: well I think uh, some takeaways from the game one Najee Harris goes down with an injury so I have to see what his status will be moving forward but uh, you get a solid contribution from Benny Snell overall though I mean neither of these teams are going to excuse me do anything this year so it's just kind of like uh, you know, where are you building this this yeah. team moving forward? Um, you know, Jeff Saturday's got the Colts at least playing competitive games every week, but I think one and two since he's taken over as head coach. And uh, for the Steelers, saw a little bit of progress from Pickett in terms of uh, you know not turning the football over, but still lacking big plays in that offense. But again, as long as he gets more experience and finds a way to win a game and get that confidence up, I think we'll see. More and more uh, good stuff from Kenny Pickett moving forward, but um, it's kind of like a meaningless Monday night game, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Next week I think is going to be similar. Saints Bucks this week I think so.
3: Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it meaningless. I mean, they're both kind of still. I would buying... say they're
5: going for the division at yeah. least because eh. it's that not division's horrible this year. The Bucks are probably going to beat them pretty good though.
3: Yes, but I mean, still, like, it's not a game where, like, you're facing a team that's out. It's not a very attractive
4: game. It's not I, a, a, I would agree
3: with what you're saying there, but I wouldn't say, like, one team's in it, one team's out of it. They're both, literally, one's four and eight, and one's five and six. It's better than
4: the Sunday night game.
3: What's the Sunday night game again?
4: Cowboys-Colts. Yeah, that one's Why are the
3: Colts on
5: primetime so much? Because they fought these horse teams were going to be good, the Colts and the Broncos, but they're not. Why don't not they
4: flex team? it? I don't know why they didn't flex it. Honestly, they flexed the Steelers. They're flexing next week's. I think they should have flexed this week.
5: I mean, next week's they're flexing. Uh, potentially the Jets and the Bills. I thought they had to say that already. I think they're announcing it soon, okay. within the next hour. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> I just saw that, and, and maybe people
3: are saying they should flex next. No, week. they got to flex they weeks weeks in week. advance. Because remember the Bengals yeah, it has to be two weeks in advance. Yeah, the Bengals. Um, Steelers game got flexed out of Monday Night Football or Sunday Sunday Night night. Sunday Night Football, which was
4: uh, at the time a good decision.
3: A good decision for, and I had to notice that for me because we had to take out, we had to change some things around on our radio side here. Uh, But staying within the AFC North, Browns they're activating Deshaun Watson. He served his eleven game ban. Uh, for violating the personal conduct policy, he's back this week. He was also fined five thousand dollars in that, and he had to undergo mandatory treatment program. Um, Did you read that right? Only five thousand? Five million, excuse okay. me. Okay, I was, I was like, say. what? <laughs> Not five thousand. Five uh, <laughs> thousand. Watson's <laughs> return Sunday will mark exactly seven hundred days since he last played a regular season with the Texans on January third, twenty twenty one.
4: And that leads me to my point: Is he actually going to be any good?
3: I don't know. Well, last time Kevin Stefanski is quote excited to see him play quote. He's done a nice job with his time away, physically staying sharp, mentally staying sharp. I think he's quote ready to roll end quote.
5: It'll be interesting to watch. I mean, obviously going into Houston for his first game back, uh, that should be interesting you know an intense atmosphere but the texans are probably the easiest team in the nfl for him to go up against for his first game back uh but last time we saw watson was in the preseason he went one for five and didn't look very good um but a lot has obviously potentially changed since then he hasn't been able to practice with the team until i believe last week so um you know, all that being considered, I don't know how well you can expect him to play, but we do know he's a talented player. Uh, and it should be interesting. I mean, they paid this guy $235 million guaranteed. So yeah. it better be successful if you're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you
4: better have a success. But it's the them. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, The so Browns do you is really the think Browns it's going to be successful. I'm leaning towards no. Because, I would
5: lean towards no, but...
4: As Spencer said, we'll it's see. been 700-something days since the last time he actually took a true game rep in the NFL. I feel like that's too long to come back and do well.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's still very young, so from that perspective, it's possible. Michael Vick went a long time without playing a game that and had true. success. That is true. Yeah. I don't know how long exactly it was, so... Eh. we'll see and Alex um,
4: Smith maybe I don't know how long he was out yeah
5: but obviously those were somewhat different or the Vic thing I think is closer but he was in prison yeah I was so, gonna say he was in prison he couldn't really do years. much besides uh, work out probably yeah, besides work out but you know it'll be interesting to see um the Browns are 4-7 and seven, so their playoff chances are very small unless they were to win out maybe they can get a wild card uh but We'll see. see. I think it's more so building toward next year here with Watson, if it's with him on the field.
3: Before we hit the break and talk college football coaching carousel, as those a lot of coaching announcements have been made in the last uh, 24, 48 hours, Um, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but it did happen on Sunday. Odell Beckham Jr. was removed from an American Airlines flight at uh, Miami International Airport on Sunday, and I don't exactly understand what happened there. He was know. asleep, but they thought he was having a he was having a medical event or something um, but uh, they're obviously he's kind of getting ready to maybe come back after his injury, maybe sign with a team. There's teams he's meeting with. Uh, the Cowboys are one of those teams, and you know they have an, a very vocal owner and general manager and Jerry Jones who makes a weekly appearance on a radio show, which to me is anything Jerry Jones would do to get in the mm-hmm. media. I Um, PR is good PR for him. uh, "Quote," He was quoted as saying, his overall team compatibility, his judgment, his behavior is not an issue with him. It is with many. It isn't with him. So I don't really understand that. And uh, so that means they're going full steam ahead going after him. Yeah, there seems to be. Go ahead, Colin, if you want.
4: Uh, That's really the only (laughs) point that I was making was I can't blame them because he's a good player.
3: Stephen A. Smith says the Cowboys are scared. They can't get it done without OBJ. What do we think about that statement? That's Hmm. why they're full steam ahead after him. I mean, they do need some help, I think, but it's not a
5: huge need. And I don't know if OBJ coming off of another injury is going to be a great player for the Cowboys and really his career. You look back on it and his first three years, he was definitely a, you know, a top five, top 10 receiver in the league and then he kinda had a drop off when he went to Cleveland. Then he had some injuries. So it's hard to evaluate him. It did seem like, you know, during that playoff stretch for the Rams, he was kinda back to the OBJ of old, but then he gets hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. So how good will he be for Dallas if he uh, even goes there? If he ends up going there or wherever he ends up playing. But they do seem to be the team that has gone the hardest after him, and I can understand that because they have C. D. Lamb, they have Michael Gallup, but they're kinda missing another piece there offensively um, but they don't necessarily need another receiver because I think their best strength is their running game Yeah, uh, and relying on Zeke and Tony Pollard if they're going to have any playoff success this year
3: that is, that is something to point out there and uh, it'll be interesting to see where Odell does indeed wind up as he's, I believe he's got two meetings scheduled the next two weeks I can't remember the other team off the top of my head
4: I know the Ravens are out of it. I've heard What's the other team? Cowboys be rumored. Yes, the Giants again still be rumored. Maybe it's the, the Chiefs. Giants. Maybe it was the Giants. I thought we were being rumored, maybe.
3: They were but. being rumored back in the day, and then they ended up trading yeah. for so. the guy from the Giants. Day. Who's out, right? Now he's injured, yeah. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just a supply and store any longer. Cabins and designer betting, outdoor living in his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this two-minute break, we'll duck the NCAA football coaching carousel after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10.
2: The American College of Emergency Physicians recently announced that WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department has once again achieved the bronze standard level three geriatric emergency department accreditation. This program recognizes emergency departments that provide excellent care for older adults and have geriatric appropriate equipment and supplies available. Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department is one of two geriatric accredited emergency
0: departments in West Virginia. WVU Medicine,
2: leading healthcare here and everywhere you're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and
3: TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, hanging out with you today. As always, we'll get you NCAA football coaching carousel. Hugh Freeze officially has his introductory press conference this morning in uh, to be the Auburn head coach. Matt Rule to Nebraska. That's a big contract, and the rumors are Deion Sanders will leave the HBCU realm and head to Colorado, but that's not a done deal yet. He has been offered the job, though, is what he did confirm. Uh, But uh, we'll talk Hugh Freeze first in his introductory press conference this morning. He uh, thanked Cadillac Williams, who stepped in as the team's interim head coach and uh, did let everybody know publicly that he will remain on the staff. He will uh, be the associate head coach. Uh, But the pure fact that uh, you get a guy, you have a guy on your coaching staff. I believe he was on the coaching staff prior to this. I could be wrong, but I do believe he was on the coaching staff at the start of the year. Uh, and you get a former guy that, uh, you know, knows knows football, and knows everything, and he gets the kids to stay buying in, gets the players to stay buying in. is pretty big. And uh, obviously Coach Freeze realized that and said, you know, I want that guy on my coaching staff.
5: Yeah, and I think this is an interesting hire by uh, Auburn. They go with Hugh Freeze, who spent time at Ole Miss – and I believe had some – yeah, he did have some sort of recruiting or some sort of violations there because a lot of his wins were taken away at Ole Miss. Uh, but then he spent time at Liberty the past few seasons, so he's Coach Malik Willis who ended up you know reaching the NFL. And uh, in terms of this hire, you do get a guy that had some success in the SEC. Uh, there were some issues within the program, but um, – You know, that seems to happen almost everywhere, so I guess it's a good hire, I think. I know Lane Kiffin was linked to the job, but he did not leave Ole Miss for Auburn. Instead, they go for Freeze here, so we'll see how it works out. But Auburn really hasn't had much success over the past few years. Uh, When you think of the SEC, they're typically toward the top there, uh, but they just haven't been the same. So we'll see if Freeze can kind of lift that program back up. At least being a contender in the SEC again where they haven't really been for the past couple of years. Or past like three, four years really.
4: I'm just trying to look at the details of not only his contract, but the style of play as well, and you've seen it at Liberty and throughout Freeze's career that he's a offensive minded coach, and the SEC you always think of defenses, even though that for a lot of teams in the SEC now that's really changed other than Georgia you don't always see a low scoring game anymore when it comes to the heavyweights in the SEC it's been typically a shootout I mean for example Alabama Tennessee was a shootout but when you go up against Georgia it's a different story so to be the top SEC team will Auburn have the right guy in freeze obviously it remains to be seen he did all right at Ole Miss he did Great at Liberty, but Liberty is nowhere close to an SEC caliber team and now he has to get ready for recruiting in well, the SEC as Auburn when you got teams like Alabama, Alabama like Georgia, like and Ole here Miss. coming as well, Texas and Oklahoma in a few years.
3: Yeah. But one point I wanted to make was we talked about, you know, the scandals l Super- Nick touched on it a little bit. Uh, it was recruiting violations. Yeah. But do you know what the recruiting violations were for? Paying players, which yeah. is legal now. Which is legal now, so he won't necessarily he have to worry about He paying them. He knows how to get the deals done. I also didn't realize he was uh, one of the reasons the Laramie Tunsil situation happened. Yes. I remember watching an interesting video on that. Hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, now none of that really matters because it's completely legal in college football or college sports now. Right. So you put that behind him. There was also a situation where he like they uh
5: cheat had a player cheat on an exam to get into college. So there was a few other oh, things I didn't know there. That but I was just kind of skimming through some of the scandals that had went down during the Hugh Freeze era. But in terms of the paying the players, I mean that can now be uh legal, so that's not really a huge issue, but there are some other things that went down, but I'm sure that goes down at every yeah university when yeah. you really if you wanted to do an investigation
3: and i mean he had a pretty successful career at liberty kind of turned that program around that believe that uh program is going from an fbs independent to conference usa going to be affiliated after this year maybe next year um but you know he went 34 and 15 during his tenure there had three bowl wins and three bowl appearances, or yeah three bowl wins and three bowl appearances um and they were gonna make a bowl this year most likely if they get in as an independent in the bowl they're eight and four on the year. So, you know, he brings that kind of pedigree, but he didn't really have a, you know, a good tenure besides that one ten win season at Ole Miss. Yeah, and uh we'll
5: see. I mean he did beat Bama one year, so there yeah, is two some years. Yeah. So you have that on your resume. Um again you know when you think of the sec you're talking about alabama georgia lsu at the top and then you have kind of that other tier where these schools have been close over the past you know decade or so to being in contention with them but haven't quite gotten there and really had more success prior to the last you know this new kind of era of college football and that's kind of auburn i mean auburn was really good in 2010 when they won the national championship with Cam newton Uh, you have Florida kind of in that tier obviously they had the Tebow era when they were kind of the the faces of college football and then there's the rest of the SEC right pretty much unless I'm forgetting somebody but I mean Ole Miss is kind of there but they're not really a national championship contender ever so
4: put that third tier probably Tennessee Texas A&M and then soon to be Oklahoma
3: and Texas right yeah another coach that got hired was the former Panthers coach in Matt Rule uh, as he signs an 8-year contract to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers coach worth 74 million. 74 million. And the Panthers dollars. are still paying the man. 35 mil, I believe is what I saw. What a
4: life. <laughs> Gets the go coach. And Nebraska's Nebraska? going to win 5 games. Exactly. He'll be fine because that's the highest win total that they'll have in a decade.
3: And 90% of it's guaranteed, so I'm joking it, by the way. Hey,
4: it's probably not. So great.
3: if he were to get fired from this job, he'll make 66.6 6 million. million. Dude's a genius.
5: But also, I think Matt Rule, as a college coach, is kind of known for turning around programs yeah. And, yeah. and bringing them to relevance. I mean, he did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor. yeah. He could do it at Nebraska. Nebraska hasn't been good since, like, 2002. Uh, but Matt Rule has that kind of legacy. So we'll see if it if it work out, works out. But that is a big contract. Uh, but I think he could have success there. And they haven't had success in a long time. But if somebody's going to bring them back to relevance, I think Matt Rule's as good of, as a coach as you could get.
3: I don't know. He seemed to, to work this contract out, or this contract seems to work out pretty well, just seeing the details here specifically. Excuse me. He's going to make $5.5 5 next year, which is not a lot. Then six point five the year after, 7.5 million, 5, And then by 2027... He'll make ten million, eleven point five in twenty twenty eight, twelve million in twenty twenty nine, and if he makes it to twenty thirty, he'll make twelve and a half million in that year.
4: By the way, I was kinda close. The last time Nebraska had over five wins was twenty sixteen at nine. Yeah. That's over. They had five wins in twenty nineteen
3: though. Wow. So. also in this contract has four separate 1 million dollar deferred payments that have vesting dates in 2025 2027 2029 and 2030 20, 20, Bonus is starting at 150k for any bowl game a seven million dollar bo- uh, budget for 10 assistant coaches.
5: Yeah, I mean you gotta give Matt Rule some time. I think it's interesting to, to look at his two prior r- runs as a head coach in college. I mean Temple was two and ten his first year. His last two years, ten and four, ten and three. His first year at Baylor, they went one and eleven, and then his last year, they were eleven and three. So uh, he he knows how to turn programs around. He's had success at the college level. I don't expect Nebraska to immediately become a Big Ten contender under Matt Rule, but maybe two or three years down the line, we could see them back to winning you 9, 10 games and being contention in a conference that's really just been Michigan and Ohio State the past few years. Wisconsin's been there at times, but if you can emerge, because Nebraska's in the division that is opposite, they're in the West. That's
4: what I was about to double-check.
5: So they're in there with Wisconsin and Purdue and, and some teams that you could vision realistically and face Ohio state every year in the big 10 championship or Michigan every year in the big 10 championship. So, uh, from that perspective, there's a chance to have some real success there and maybe make a college football playoff here down the line. But I think this is a good hire for Nebraska. I do.
3: Yeah. I would tend to agree with that. And, uh, one other coach kind of being mentioned, and we've kind of known this, that there's a possibility that he would make the jump. Dion Sanders, he confirmed today during the, uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC teleconference that they do uh, that he has been offered the Colorado head coaching position and that he has that he said, quote, I'm not going to sit here and tell all my business, but there's no, they're not the only ones is what he said. End quote. So uh, it would be interesting to see because he said a few weeks ago, probably a month ago now, um, what did he say about the SWAC? He said, I'm SWAC because I'm going to stay here and he probably won't stay here after another coach commented that he's just there to start coaching and then he's gonna leave.
5: Yeah, but I don't know if Colorado is the place that would get Deion Sanders to leave, right? Because yeah.
4: that's what I was about to say. It's not a attractive school that you'd think of a program for a Dion. For
5: prime yeah. time. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Colorado you don't think prime time.
5: <laughs> like and the thing is too. For most coaches that would be coming up like he has and has success at a lower level college and then gets offered a d1 job at or an FBS you know job at you know a power five school they're gonna make that jump for two reasons one because of the money yeah and two because it's you know a much better job than what you have currently but for Dion Sanders money isn't really an issue because he's Deion Sanders. He's so, already
3: got all the money in the world.
5: Yeah, you know, He's going to probably wait for one of those bigger jobs, I would think, where maybe you get a job at, I don't know, Florida State, since he's a former Seminole. That would make a lot more sense, or Miami I, yeah. or something like that, where he could you know, go somewhere and actually make an impact in college football because at colorado even if Deion sanders is there no kid's gonna be like oh i really want to go play in colorado for the buffaloes and go win six games
3: exactly i agree mm-hmm. on that uh, but on that note that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford ken parsons ford in martinsburg they became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll wrap things up the wizards get a big win last night a career high for one of their star players. Plus, Capitals take on the Canucks tonight. Nats make a third baseman sign. We'll talk about that when we get back to wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix after this two-minute break. Call you
2: that. I can't remember what was said or what you threw.
0: Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer deaths in the United States each year. But do you know the radon levels in your home? Home is a place to live, love, and laugh, not a place to breathe air containing radon. The Berkeley and Morgan County Health Departments are distributing free confidential radon test kits, and you can get yours at the Berkeley County Health Department office in Martinsburg and the Morgan County office in Berkeley Springs. Protect your home and family. Get your free radon test kit today.
3: Hi, I'm Aiden. And I'm Kenan. And we are Sahara Dry Basement. Are you tired of getting water in your basement every time it rains? Or worse, even when it doesn't. Water leads to deterioration. And costs you money. Call Sahara Dry Basement. And let's work together to fix your wet basement problems today. We use the best products available and we are so confident in our work that we give you a lifetime guarantee. That's right. We do it right the first time or the follow-up visit is on us. We also do crawl spaces, dryer vent, and duct cleaning too. To learn more, go to SaharaDryBasements.com. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Colin's favorite karaoke song where he only has to speak one word like Mm -hmm. three times.
4: And I rocked it.
3: That
5: was
4: the cop out. ever.
3: Cop out, Uh, cop out, cop out. All right, let's get back in. I saw
5: Colin did Year 3000 or something.
3: like that. He did that too. That was like two weeks later. Colin's working his way up. Exactly. From this song
5: to the Jonas Brothers. Next we'll get like... I don't know. Some Elton John or something. Ooh. He didn't do anything last night. Man.
4: You didn't either. Well, I went home. Well, you shouldn't have. It was a fun time. You missed a great time.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I missed Tyson Bajan. What was he doing?
4: Uh, Tyson and uh, Dylan both uh, did together. It was Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, that's what
3: it was.
5: I saw a video of that. Yeah. That was on your story.
3: It It was on the story.
5: I didn't really watch it, but I saw it.
4: Yep.
3: <laughs> All right, let's get back into uh, sports. The Wizards were in action last night. They beat the Timberwolves one forty two one twenty seven, and that was a season high one hundred forty two points with a career high forty one of those points coming from Chris Tops Porzingis. And uh, here is for the career high one hundred forty or excuse me forty one points. Here is the call from Dave Johnson. They're out. The Kuzma trailing Porzingis foul line in the lane, Flips for the shot, scores and one. Has matched his career high, and the Wizards continue their season high in points one thirty five one eleven. They lead the Timberwolves.
2: A career high, and he's going to break it right now. That ties it,
3: and he did break it with the free throw there to forty one points. The Wizards get the victory, as I just said. Uh, after a three game road trip where the Wizards struggled to find range from three, they hit fifteen of thirty one from distance to pull ahead to a 15-point lead in the first quarter and never looked back. Five Wizards were also able to score 29 points off the off of 18 uh, Timberwolf turnovers. Anthony Edwards has 29 points to lead the Timberwolves. The Wizards will visit the Nets Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., uh, but the Wizards get a big win last night, Nick. Yeah. Um, Much-needed one.
5: They've been kind of struggling as of late, so needed to get that win, and— I know they're celebrating the 25 years of the name change, but they've been pulling out these jerseys from when they were really bad. So and they're making they them should...
3: really bad? Yeah, maybe.
5: Well, they weren't really bad, necessarily. They were kind of
4: mid. The uh, same spot that they are in the standings right now.
5: Right, they're 11th in the standings right now, so that's kind of bad. Yeah. But um, Well, they lost last Wednesday, 113
3: to 105 to the Heat, but, then turned around and or lost maybe to that was.
5: Well, maybe I was looking at that wrong, but...
3: I thought it said 11th. Uh,
5: 7th in the East. Okay, maybe they're 11th in the NBA. They 11 ended a, wins. Yeah. 11 wins. They ended a three-game
3: losing at. skid as they lost to the Heat twice in a row. 113-105 Wednesday, 110-107 Friday. Then they lost to the Celtics Sunday night by nine points, and then they get that win, 142-127 last night. Nets tomorrow night, 730. And then they'll play Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday,
4: Saturday. So I'm excited. Is Joe Mazzola just... Casually the best EA right now? Well, it helps
5: when you get to catch the Boston Celtics. Yeah, it does. It's true. They have a pretty good team.
4: What did you send me yesterday, Colin? How much they've dominated lately.
3: Yeah. No, it I mean... It is crazy I'm talking how about, good the offense is. It is it just one? It's just your guy, right? It's Missoula. No. I thought the scoring. You sent me something about scoring. Oh,
4: it was because they had a 140-point night.
5: On like 23-3s? Yeah. Ah, all right pay attention to the stuff colin sends us he sends us a lot of stuff it was about missoula though former mountaineer now that's why spencer didn't pay top coaching joe missoula played against marshall there you can connect it to marshall (laughs) did he yeah that was back
3: when they weren't scared now colin sent me something else i don't remember what it was now oh well um. Now I can't even find it. I swear you sent me something with a bunch of scoring stuff, and yeah, I yeah, that's what it was. it was. All right, that will do it for today's edition of the Sports Mix um tonight. Pull out the calendar here. uh Tonight on Talk Radio WRNR, you can tune into the Bob Huggins Coaches Show live from six to eight PM on the Mountaineer Sports Network. That'll do it for our show today. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.